You don't need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. Sticking with our color series again this week, we are going to explore brown and black. Sometimes these colors can be considered neutrals, but a lot of my clients want to use them as one of their 60, 30, 10 colors. In other words, one of their three accent colors that they're going to pop throughout the space. So today, I'm going to tell you how to do that. I'm Betsy Helmuth, and this is Big Design, Small Budget. Let's dive in. So brown is a very familiar color to us. It's a color that we feel really comfortable with. We see it in nature in terms of dirt, the ground. If you live in New York, you see the brown Hudson River. So because we're used to seeing these big swaths of brown, it's a color that we feel really safe around. That being said, it's not a color that feels risky in any way. It's a little bit boring. So unless you use a tone that's very specific and repeat that very specific tone around the space, people aren't even going to really notice this color, nor are they going to think it's one of your pops. So make sure to be very intentional with it when you're using it in your space. Another tip for using brown is it's typically a color that's associated with a traditional look or a transitional look, even an antique type look or something shabby chic. It rarely reads in a strong way in a modern location. So if you do have a super clean, sleek, modern aesthetic, brown should not be your go-to. It's more of an older type aesthetic. You could even be using it in a mid-century modern inspired space, but the key is just a space that kind of harkens back to an older time rather than something forward-thinking and fresh because brown just does not have those connotations. Now, when you're planning on using it for your pops, the two colors that I think really have a big impact are chocolate brown, which is just that deep, rich brown that we're all very familiar with that looks like milk chocolate, or camel. And camel I kind of associate with caramel color. It's a brown that has a significant amount of gold mixed in so that it feels really warm and sort of a mid-tone version of brown. Those two colors you're going to find a lot of accents at places like Ralph Lauren, Our House, Horchow, those more transitional or traditional stores. Um, and chocolate, you may even find at some modern stores, but like I say, it just doesn't have that fresh appeal. So it's probably not going to be found at CB2 or Blue Dot or Bow Concept. Now, the colors that you want to avoid when you're working with brown and considering it your accent or pop color is anything that's too light and could read as a neutral. So things like khaki, light tan, that won't read as a significant pop. Rather, it will blend into the background so people will think maybe she didn't really want to use color in this room. Certainly, I would recommend not using brown as a 60%. I see way too many rooms that have this 60% beige going on. And first of all, it looks like they didn't make any choices. Second of all, it looks like a model home that's just overly generic. And I like to say... It looks like a cappuccino. 
It's just cappuccino madness, light brown this, light brown that. So really you want to make that strong choice and use it in pops and make sure to blend in two other true Roy G. Viv colors for your other parts of the equation. That's 60, 30, 10. So those are my thoughts on brown. Let's move on to black. Black is all the colors of the rainbow mixed together. It is the deepest, most visually complex color there is. It's very mysterious. That's why it's got connotations of mystery, be it black magic or associations with Halloween. So it's also a very slick, very sleek, very modern color. This is not a color that we associate with a traditional or antique palette unless it's a more of a worn black or a black that's lost that sleek, deep sheen. Now, people use black quite a bit, and if you go back to our first rainbow episode, the red and orange episode, you'll remember that Some designers feel like red, at least one splash, should be incorporated into every single room. It's like lipstick on a lady, no room is complete without it. I do not feel that way about red. I feel that way about black. Black, just one element in a room, be it a tray on a coffee table, be it a credenza, be it a lamp base, just one element of black puts the entire room into context. Think about it like this. I don't know if you've ever watched a cartoonist at work in a video or in person, but typically they color block their work. So first they'll start by either using a paintbrush or a marker to make blobs of color to represent their characters. But then it's when they take that black pen and outline those blobs, the entire cartoon comes into focus and really comes to life. And that's how I feel about using black in a space, a black picture frame, a black framed mirror, one black pillow. We'll put all the other colors into context. So every room that I design, I ask myself, is there one element of black? If not, I work hard to incorporate it. So that way the room truly feels complete by having that deepest tone that's available to us represented in the room. All the other tones seem to come to life. That is my diatribe on black. Now, the easiest tones to work with if you're hoping to incorporate black into your 60, 30, 10 are a deep, deep gray, like a graphite or a charcoal. There is a lot of upholstery available in that color. There are even furniture pieces available in that color. So I really use, love to use this graphite or charcoal color. I also love to use a heathered gray which is a gray that has several different tones going on. Some people call it a marled gray, but it typically has elements of both light gray and a mid-tone gray. So that way it's a little bit mottled and has something going on. And there are a lot of upholstery fabrics and pillows and different accents available in this heathered gray, which is much lighter than that graphite I was speaking about. The color that I avoid when using it as a 60-30-10 is true dark black. Sometimes it's just too dark for a space, especially when used in that 60 or 30% amount. So the other reason I don't like to use that deep black is that it really betrays every piece of lint, every piece of dust. It becomes so visible on whatever surface is 
completely jet black. So I do try and avoid it and only have one small element in that tone in each of my rooms. Now, the exciting thing about black is it goes well with almost any other color. So whether you want to pair it with pink or whether you want to pair it with Kelly Green, it's going to look awesome. And that is not true for any other color on the spectrum. So go nuts. Add a splash of black with confidence, knowing that whatever other colors you pair it with, you'll be a-okay. So there we go, guys. That is my two cents on all things brown and black. Now next week we'll be focusing on neutrals. So our color experience is not done. We have lots to talk about with the wonderful white, interesting ivory, and sometimes boring beige. But I'll tell you how to make it work in our neutral series coming up next Tuesday. Now it's time to take a quick commercial break and then we're going to get to the old mailbag. Do you love learning about design? Do you wish you could take a deeper dive into the topics we discuss every week on my podcast? You can. I offer online design classes. Just head to the website bigdesignsmallbudget.com and you can check out my online classes there. I offer three different courses, one in feng shui, one in styling, and one that focuses on furniture selection, size, etc. Choose from those classes or take all three and get a copy of my book for free. Each class is $40 or get that combo pack with the book, three classes, and the book mailed to your home for $90. Mention promo code podcast to get 15% off your entire order. Check out my classes, learn more, empower yourself so that you can go shopping with confidence and design a space that looks uniquely you while having optimum flow. Check it out at bigdesignsmallbudget.com. Let's reach way, way down into this mailbag and pull out Kim's letter. Kim asks, how do I warm up a space without painting the walls? Kim, throw me a tougher question next time. That is so easy. The quickest way to warm up a space without painting the walls is by adding textiles. My favorite textile to add that is very affordable are drapes. Drapes are a huge visual element on the room because everybody's looking out the window. A window is essentially an architectural piece of art. Uh, so I want to look outside to see this tableau of whatever's going on. So when you frame that tableau with two very affordable drapes, you can find excellent options at Sears, JCPenney, even Bed Bath & Beyond. And then you pair them with a very affordable Bed Bath & Beyond rod, well, you can't go wrong. Each window can be fully dressed with two drapes and a rod for under $75, and it makes a huge impact. And if you do choose a color, that can be your color splash on neutral walls. My other favorite way to add color and to warm up a space is with a nice big area rug. That type of textile is huge because not only will it help define cozy areas around your space, it's also plush and comfortable underfoot. So that will immediately warm up your room as well. So rugs and drapes, those would be a great starting point for you, Kim. My next question comes from Erica. Erica asks, Betsy, what are some small projects that would help make a big impact? What are some ways I can turn blah into awe for just $200? So the quickest way to turn blah into awe 
are with accents. So pillows are, of course, a super affordable way to do it. And anything that you find that just feels a little bit unusual. So this is the time to stop by HomeGoods and find that unusual item. Now remember, when shopping at HomeGoods, you want to make sure it's a solid color. Anything at HomeGoods that's two colors or more is a piece of crap. So stick to those solids, but get a great trio of vases for a bookcase. Get a great assortment of frames that you can spread all along your mantle in one color. Just try something new and swap out some accessories. I love adding bookends. I love layering a bookcase with those picture frames again, or even with some interesting objet. I love adding scented candles. So when I'm styling the top of a coffee table, maybe I'll stack some books, but then maybe I'll also top it with one of those big, chunky, three-wick scented candles, as long as it's a natural scent. Um, in other words, something that's derived from natural natural oils and not something synthetic, most people are fine with the smell and don't tend to have allergic reactions to them. I myself, with any artificial smells, become a hot mess. So I'm always looking for those soy, naturally scented candles. So there we go. I mean, all those are relatively pedestrian ideas. If you wanted to turn blah into ah, for $200 or less, there's other ways to do it too. In other words, you could Add removable wallpaper to the back of a bookcase. And removable wallpaper, a couple of my favorite places for it, are burkdecor.com, B-U-R-K-E-D-E-C-O-R.com, or Wayfair. They have great removable wallpaper options that it's fun to line the back of a bookcase or even the back of a cabinet with. I have... Um, a built-in bar cabinet in my dining room and I took this bright yellow tone and put it in the back behind the white shelves and it really pops and sets off my bottles and glassware in a super cool way. So whenever I open the door, it gets a lot of oohs and a lot of ahs. Speaking of my house, I don't know if you guys have seen, but head over to my website, affordableinteriordesign.com. Under the portfolio section, the Westchester space just happens to be my house. So you can check out how I've designed my personal spaces and let me know what you think about it. Add your two cents. I would love to hear. So my next question comes from Stephanie. Stephanie writes, Betsy, how do I design a room to reduce stress and create a calm environment? Thanks so much. I love your blog and podcast. Well, thanks, Stephanie. And guys, if you don't know, I do have a weekly blog. You can find it on affordableinteriordesign.com. Under the media section, go to blog. There's lots more to read about and to learn. Uh, I've been blogging for over a year now, so you'll find lots of interesting past articles. But let's talk about how to de-stress your room. As you know from this color series, blue is my favorite color for de-stressing almost anything. Because we've got connotations um, such as sky and water, we're used to vast expanses. And this color makes us feel tranquil, so I love to use it as a wall color. It makes a great wall color in a stressful place like a kitchen. If you tend to get stressed out while you cook like I do, I have wall to wall. I have um, completely tiled my kitchen in this blue Moroccan mosaic that is beautiful and it goes all the way up to the ceiling. 
So that way, when I'm stressed out and trying to work out a recipe, I feel very calm while I do so. I love using blue wall paint in a kid's room or in a bedroom, anywhere that you want to be serene and calming. And of course, if you don't want to repaint the walls, think back to that tip I gave to Kimberly. Maybe incorporate blue drapes or a big blue rug. Vast expanses of light blue will immediately calm your space. Another great way to calm the space is to put all your overhead lights on dimmers because when you flick the switch on the lights and it goes full blast, it's not soothing. Sometimes those overhead lights can make you feel like you're in an interrogation room, but we still need the lighting to be on in order to function in that space. So by putting it on a full range dimmer, which any handyman can do, and you can find a dimmer switch at a local hardware store, you can immediately impact how you want to feel in that space and take your lighting from loud and strong to calm whenever you feel the need. So another way that I like to calm a space is through aromatherapy. So if you're feeling rather tense and stressed out, I love using a diffuser that has lavender oil. Just smelling lavender oil immediately puts me in a calm state of mind. So get some essential lavender oil. I got some at Target the other day for a great price. And like I said, I just pop it in a diffuser or I'll put a pot of water on the stove and set it to simmer and put a few drops of the oil in and my whole house smells like lavender, but it doesn't have to last so long. So those would be some ideas for creating a very soothing, calming atmosphere. Let me see. What's another thing I can think of? Hmm. Well, I think the imagery in a space has a lot to do with how you feel. So look at your artwork. Maybe go for something more abstract than something too literal. Make sure that you're selecting images that don't feel too frenetic. In other words, maybe do a tonal watercolor rather than a random black and white line drawing that might feel more chaotic to you. Or perhaps take a photograph that is sort of uh, abstract or what do they say? Oh my gosh, I don't know my photography words. Where things are somewhat blurred versus too sharp and in focus, that could help be soothing and serene as well. And according to feng shui, you should always have in your home somewhere one picture, photograph, image of a body of water. Not only does it bring prosperity, it also puts you in your best frame of mind for healthy living. So there's a fun fact for you, Stephanie. I hope that has been a help. And guys, this is a short episode this week because this week I am on site shooting an A&E TV show called The Way Home. So I hope you'll watch it when it airs. I will keep you posted and I am out to buy props and get ready for the big shoot. Guys, thank you so much for listening and I really want to thank everyone who has become a VIP member. Becoming a VIP member not only gives you access to all of our bonus episodes and all of our past archives, which include 70 plus design episodes, but it also helps to support this podcast and keep us on the air because up until now, I've been paying for all the expenses from... um, the podcast production, to the launching, to the website, and it really is a huge help in supporting us to keep us going. Another great way that you can support us and keep us going is by writing a review on iTunes. Spread the word. Tell your friends. The more people that listen, the more active we become on iTunes, the more visibility we get, which just translates into more and more content. 
So guys, thank you so much. It's wonderful to hear from fans. This week we had a local event here in Westchester. It was just yesterday actually, here in Dobbs Ferry. And I had three people stop by to say that they were huge listeners and fans of this podcast and they just wanted to meet me. And it not only warmed my heart, it made me realize that we really are creating an impact through this podcast, that people are hearing the message, using the tips, and getting a lot of value from it. And that's why I do it. So keep your questions coming. I love to answer them. And stay tuned next week when I will tackle everything neutral. Until then, guys, have a fabulous week. Bye. Bye.